for the penultimate minute of the entire series is Park Parkinson. Park, how are you? Hello, doing well. Uh, we're still uh, we're still rolling on the credits, starting to wind down a little bit. We're uh, starting to get to listings like the grip and the uh, second unit director. Uh, excellent work on both their parts. Um, uh, we see... Uh, Everything is wonder- very well gripped. Everything is excellently gripped. Uh, you know, the, the best boy, in fact, the best boy. Um... Also get a wonderful credit. Uh, a Diana Terranova is credited as the Spider Wrangler, which uh, I I just I am delighted that they had to have somebody come on set to to you know bring out the spider and apparently take the spider away because they used a real spider. Who knew? Kudos to the actress who played Fran for laying there with a spider on her <sighs> face. I I don't know if I could do it. Especially considering she, this is not a, uh, a a home alone sitch. She had to be playing dead while this uh, while the spider is on her face. Just yes, yeah. She deserves all of the kudos for that. I I would not be doing that. I would be playing a corpse who is shaking and sweating. Um. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I said, it's winding down. Uh, uh, we also, there's uh, the dog trainers are are credited, uh, which they should be because these are very good boys in this movie. I, I again, the the opening shot uh, with the dogs running, a they look adorable, uh, and and also just you know that was well done. Uh, you know, yeah, good job. <laughs> Like, like, not. I'm not even like being like ironic or sarcastic. No, no, no. It, was, it was well done. Like, and they're not there for a huge portion. I understand why their credit comes uh, late. Yeah, I, I, I will say also, uh, we're talking about um, like second unit. Um, I just, I just because of that, I was curious. I looked up. I do not usually do this. I'm not. Like I said before, I, I hang around for the credits, but I don't like. Um, I have a terrible name for names. I don't remember, but Jamie Christopher uh, was assistant director uh, in charge of second unit. Uh, has done, um, has been assistant director for um, for Johnson on other stuff, including um, Last Jedi, and also a ton of MCU, uh, Harry Potter, um, the last two uh, of the first series of Harry Potter, the. The, the Deathly Hallows movies and Half-Blood... Oh, a bunch of them. Goblet of Fire, Azkaban, all the way back to the beginning. All the way to uh, Sorcerer's Stone. Um, Mummy Returns, Fifth Element is kind of uh, early on. Alien 3 was his first um, assistant directing gig and then kind of worked his way up from third to first. Gotta say, uh, awesome job. Uh you know the all of the like establishing shots, all of you know other things that I would I would guess were possibly planned out uh, by by Johnson, but executed um, by this dude uh, Jamie Christopher. 
like yeah well done stunning i i if he uh if he crosses over into actually taking on the director's chair i'll be curious because he's been doing um second unit work for like 30 years um, I, I always, I'm always appreciative when they, they credit the caterers. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, I always, I'm always curious as to, you know, what kind of, kind of setup they get because I, um, I live in New York city and I you, very often, not so much in the past year and a half or so because of obvious reasons, but they are starting to come back would encounter, um, film shoots outside and you know they have their commissary with like the coffee and the chips and the fruit and all and and i'm just is i'm always wondering are, are those the people that are getting credited for this or is this some sort of like spread that they put out just for the actors oh, like 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 right off the set where you know everything is you know, you made to to you know fit everybody's dietary needs and contractual demands and you know, does Jamie Lee Curtis have you know, in her contract that you know all the brown M and M's have to be taken out of her M and M's? I'm like, no, prob- prob- probably not. She seems pretty chill. So I well, you know, that, I she, that... she knows if there are brown M and M's there, she knows to check all the sound equipment. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just does she complain about large bread and and you know stuff like that? So um, I mean, we're like, we're, we're kind of you know down to the point of not being able to say much about this anymore. Um, yeah, there's not know. a whole lot here to talk about. I mean, at least, I mean, if you're a certain kind of, of like, industry insider, maybe. Uh, but other than that, I don't really I don't really have anything. Yeah, I only have a vague idea that, that I know Gaffer has to do with uh, the, the, the lighting. Right, yeah. Uh, I, I know what some of the jobs are, but I don't, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not knowledgeable enough to say, hey, that gaffer sure was something. I, so, I, yeah, I, I will say I can, I've watched enough bad movies to have a sense that sometimes the, the, the crappiness on the screen when it's a bad movie, I do think relates to like just chaos in general on the set. Oh, and, sure, for sure. And that wasn't here. Like, you know. Good job all around. No, I get the impression that. that, you know, Ryan Johnson works with a lot of the same people, which I think is, you know, both a, a you know, reflection of, you know, the, his, of his capabilities of you know, running a tight ship, of just being a general good person to work for. And, you know, as with you, any situation where you're working with the same people, you eventually develop a, a groove with each other in which you 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 develop this sense of communication where you don't need to overly explain everything. They understand what you're talking about without having to repeat it several times. That you can you, all of the movies I've seen from Ryan Johnson just have a precision to them. Like one thing that I was particularly impressed with um, in *Knives Out*, and I can also say this about the work of Mike Flanagan, particularly the the work he's done for Netflix uh, with uh, uh, *The Haunting of Hill House*, uh, *The Haunting of Bly Manor*, *Midnight Mass*, is that everything, all the little clues and like breadcrumbs and all that they that are dropped, eventually it comes. Nothing is forgotten. No, nothing is is 
you know, ignored or left out. Everything comes back around and fits together. It really is watching a puzzle put be put together in front of your eyes. And and everything just sort of fits and makes sense in the end. Even even the silly stuff like uh and I mentioned before that that you know, I thought the whole, you know, it was you actually say she was actually saying it was Hugh when which turns out to be um, Chris Evans's real first name. It's just he 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 just goes by his middle name. In which I was like, mm, okay, I guess. And and I, I it was a little contrived, but also you know, all right, it's plausible. You know, just just yeah. just because it's contrived doesn't mean that it couldn't actually be possible. Yeah, you know, I, I just thought it was a little kind of a little a little overly cute. But everything, just everything you you. I hate to use the phrase like clockwork because that's that's a cliche, but but everything is very precise. Nothing is forgotten. I can picture him, you know, creating while writing this, creating like you know a serial killer wall with like you know pieces of thread like connecting every character and every clue and every scene and bring it back around again. I just it's really a, a pleasure to see. Because it not only does it all come together, it all makes sense. Well, and for that, and I would say the same thing about Brick, uh, and also about um, the uh, um, episode nine that exists only in my head that was directed by <laughs> Ryan Johnson. Uh, that despite it having that that sensibility that everything feels so carefully well-timed and planned out, it still comes across as, as organic rather than mechanical. I have a hard time actually putting my finger on exactly why it is that way, except, except that the movie itself has such a clear heart. Um, that really helps that, that it, it's not, it doesn't feel designed to just, um, kind of deliver a resolution or you know a puzzle for the joy of the puzzle for all for as much as i enjoy a lot of his movies that's how i feel about christopher nolan right like it it feels like generally things tick over but it also feels like i hear the ticking it feels like it does feel like clockwork it does feel like a really well-oiled machine. This feels really much more warmer and organic. It feels like yeah, it grows up that way. Warm was the word I was going to use because I, I too like Christopher Nolan's movies, but they're very detached. Yes. Uh, I would say that the only movie he has done that really gets into anywhere near human emotion is, is maybe Inception where you've got Leonardo DiCaprio and, and the wife who has committed suicide. And, and even then, that comes off a, a little chilly. Yeah. Well, and then um, at the end, I mean, I, you know, I'm not even going to say a spoiler. I feel the, the, the way the ending is delivered, like, it rips the heart right out to me. And I, yeah, detached. Yeah, whereas, you know, particularly in, in Knives Out, yeah, these people... They don't like each other. They're a little, you know, comically absurd as as just out of touch rich people. But also, like they seem like at the same time they seem like real people. Oh yeah, when when uh, Jamie Lee Curtis gets the message that her husband is cheating on her, 
that this is the final message from her father. Like, she was really hoping that this would, like, resolve everything and fix things for her. And instead, it is this information. Like, the way her face drops is so real and human. Yeah, because, you know, she is someone, we mentioned this previously, that if she is a businesswoman, she, she is independent, you know, probably does not need her father's money, but, you know, wouldn't mind having it. Because I, I don't know, I don't even know if it's that she wants the money so much as she wants the control. You know, she wants to stay in charge of Walt, and yeah. she wants to stay in charge of, you know, the various in-laws and nieces and nephews. She wants and... Harlan's place. She wants right. the throne, basically. Right. She, she wants She wants to... that mug. <laughs> right. It, she, she wants to have that hold over her family that, that Harlan has. You, but, you know, now she can't deny that Harlan's that, that Harlan was right the whole time, that, that Harlan's doubts about her husband, which, uh, again, this isn't explicitly said, but I, you know, I feel like it is implied that this is something that harlan has never liked and never approved of her husband yeah i get i get the impression i'm trying to recall if this is ever said explicitly either and i can't remember but i do get the impression that he has never liked him they have never got along we do get a a, a flash of the two of them talking um uh you don't know how much of that is like sort of blanc supposition but of him basically telling um uh, Don Johnson, uh, him telling Christopher Plummer, telling Don Johnson that he knows he's been cheating on Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> and uh, and he's going to either he confesses or Harlan will out him to her and put an end to it. And you get the impression also that Johnson is well aware that if if it, if it comes out, their marriage will be over. And then at the end, you see she's just punched him in the face. Right. But she, you know, she, she's, you know, she's heartbroken for a variety of reasons. She's heartbroken that's her, that's the last communication from her father. You know, that it's, I mean, whether he intended to hurt her or not, I mean, I don't know that he in, it meant for that to be his last communication to her. Yeah, I know, I don't think so. He didn't know he was going to die when he but, Right, you know, so he, he didn't intend to hurt her. But because that's, the, you know, the last word she's got from him, she both has to deal with that and, you know, realizing that he's been right the whole time. And, and you know, it very much humanizes. I mean, she's not a good person. But, no, she's you know, it, really mean. and she, She's and very, she's very, yeah, she's very cold. She's, you know, she's very snide. Um, and, and snobbish. And snobbish, yeah. Um but it, it takes you know, very a very deft hand to make you know a generally awful person also give give them a dose of humanity. Yeah, she's and not, not an, evil. Yeah, she, she's not a monster. Yeah, she's she's an out of touch rich person. You know, we all know somebody like that who's just so in their own bubble that you know a lot of stuff they say it, it may not even be you know, with the intent to to wound anyone that's just they don't they don't know any better and they're so far up their own butts that they don't you know they don't think about the impact of what they're saying on on anybody yeah, most and, of them are thoughtlessly cruel and it really comes right. out in the in the nazi grandson who is 
the ultimate expression of that of that thoughtless cruelty who is just right he's a he's an inter- he's an he's an internet troll yeah and, and you know he he you know like a lot of trolls just you know they are able to convince themselves that they are not dealing with real people and and because you can't see them supposedly they can't do anything to you in retaliation you know it, it just you know what the heck why not you know this these people are all just very you in their own in their own world and they don't see that other people beyond them exist but she just looks deflated and and it's you know an oddly sympathetic moment for a character that really could have been so broadly drawn as an ogre even even in like brick is more so um more so like uh clockwork than this is and i think noir kind of lends itself to that i mean mystery does too it does too but um you generally in like a movie like that you don't you don't want to get too attached to any characters because people are going to come and go people are going to get killed um but still like everyone feels very human for as like ridiculous as some of those characters are like the the high school drug dealer kingpin who lives with his mom still um it like johnson has a has a, a gift for making characters who are kind of ridiculous or in ridiculous situations still be very human and a part of that is definitely his cast obviously um and like you said the just the he has a stable of of off-screen talent that he's clearly you know put together over the years and that really facilitates you know uh, carrying off a movie like this right um okay i think we have covered this minute as about as good as we possibly that's a can. solid 15 that's, minutes of chatting on this minute yeah that, that and and we didn't even talk about the spider wrangler as much as i thought we would <laughs> um okay so uh if you want to follow us on twitter you can do that uh at knives out minute uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes, or you know what? Why don't you try subscribing to us on your podcatcher of choice? Uh, we will be back tomorrow for the very last minute of this this podcast, this movie, these credit sequences. Uh, I hope you will return to join me as we close this out with Park. Uh, I've been Gina Radcliffe, and goodbye, everybody. Bye.